Welcome to another episode of Modern Life. Today we are talking about The Last of Us 2. And before we get going, just want to let you guys know you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at Modern Life Pod. And you can also email us with show suggestions or feedback. The email is modernlifepod at gmail.com. So let's get into it. I am joined today by Tabby. Hello. And Stacy. Hello. And yeah, we're talking about, for better or for worse, The Last of Us 2. And because this is a 25-hour to 40-hour game, and there is so much to talk about, we are going to skip the modern thoughts today and dive right into it. Yeah, just a quick description. I wouldn't suggest listening to this podcast if you haven't played it. Oh yeah, there's going to be major spoilers. The Last of Us 2, of course, is a sequel to The Last of Us, which is a character-driven apocalypse survivor game. Mm-hmm. Um, but the zombies are very secondary to Joel and Ellie, who are our main characters, and we follow them on their journey to try and find a cure for the zombie apocalypse. Mm-hmm. In the second game, Joel gets killed off, and then we follow Ellie around to try and get revenge for his death. Yeah. <laughs> Something I really loved about the second game is as soon as it started up, you got to the accessibility screen. Uh, I've never seen that be the first thing that pops up so that people with disabilities don't have to fight their way through like a default menu to make the game playable for Mm -hmm. them and it really i think we're starting to think of games less in terms of just difficulty grades Mm -hmm. and start to examine like colors and movement you know motion sickness and sound and ways that i think all games should be doing well there definitely seems to be a move towards that because it was about a year maybe two years ago i don't know if you remember microsoft came out with a whole series of special controllers just for people Mm. like with disabilities Mm -mm. was these would be like controllers with like huge buttons so they're easier to press like all all kinds of stuff like that there seems to be a movement to make games just as accessible to everybody as possible which is great and i've never seen that like you can change the size of the subtitles you can change the color of the subtitles Mm -hmm. there's so much customizable stuff just as far as that goes which i don't know if i've ever maybe there is one out there i've never seen it in a game before it's definitely unique not one this big i don't think like a blockbuster game like this yeah so that was really really cool And then the game starts you off with these amazing visuals, too. I mean, you've got the shot of these golden fields and this mountain range, and you're like, is this a game? Because this looks like insane. (laughs) When you're on the horse with Joel, and something I noticed throughout the game is the light animations Mm -hmm. and just the effects of light coming through trees or that room with the pink curtain where Tommy tortures those people or like the red atmospheric light in the subway when you're fighting the zombies down there it's just the effect of light is just incredible and really improves on the first game as well and obviously we'll get to the story and the characters and all that but if we're just talking about from a technical standpoint the game is i mean it's as good as you can have it just the lighting the graphics the flow of the game which is just something naughty dog has totally nailed since i mean i want to say uncharted 4 where there's just no there's no loading screens everything is so seamless Mm -hmm. just the whole flow of the game and these action scenes to where it it feels like half movie half game and it sucks you into the game so much more the fact that there's no 
interruptions at all. Well, I mean, if you look at it from my standpoint, I didn't even play the game. I just watched. And screamed. And screamed. Because <laughs> um, there was quite a bit of jumping out. Stacy uh, scared me more than the game. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's visually, it's absolutely beautiful. Yeah, Naughty Dog has just mastered this where you're playing it and all of a sudden, like, shit hits the fan and you're in this... It's sort. It's like this interactive cutscene almost, but it's just it so pulls you into the action and the way they do the camera angles, and it's just. I mean, it like gets your heartbeat racing, mm, it's and the it's breathing. Yeah, and it's almost. It's like spoiled me at this point because they do it so well. Mm -hmm. And when I tried to, I don't know, half a year ago, I tried to play that new Tomb Raider game, which oh, is God. like a poor man's Uncharted, and and they tried to do what Uncharted does, but then you have. As soon as it gets into the kind of one of these action cutscenes, you have this like five second black loading screen before anything happens, and it totally pulls you out of the game. But it, that's such a new thing that we're able to make these seamless transitions, you know, as far as the technical well, aspect. Well, it has goes. to do with the directing because the load screens in Naughty Dog games are the cutscenes. So right. you have to place your cutscenes in a way that allows. All that loading to occur, right. it has to be the right length for the cinematics. It, so much goes into it that I don't know if some of these other studios have the time to Right, and I don't... Right, well, you have the time, also the money, and I don't know... I don't know all the technical aspects behind that. Obviously, I don't know if, if there's certain game engines that can do that compared to others that can't. I don't know what all goes into mm -hmm. that, but Naughty Dog has definitely mastered the art of that. Yeah, just come back to that um, mm. that action directing... That's something I noticed right away when that chain link fence is coming down on you and you're playing as Abby. Yeah, like and then, the Oh, man. Yeah. <laughs> you're just trying to crawl <laughs> away from them, trying to grab you. And then, you know, Joel shoots one of them and you hear that shot like ringing in her mm -hmm. ears. Yeah. And it just, you're so in it, mm -hmm. you yeah. know? Yeah, and also the other action scene with the car chase. I think we loved so much mm -hmm. when you're in the car with Jesse mm -hmm. and you're... Uh, Man, you just want to scream the Who whole is a way through. Terrible driver. <laughs> they're really missing. They're missing the DMV in the apocalypse. <laughs> oh man! You, we steal this car, and he gets maybe half a mile before tanking the thing into a lake. But um, just to kind of go further on the whole technical aspect of the game, I mean the voice acting, right? It, it's it, it's like amazing yeah. what it's, is there to say i, I don't know it's <laughs> like, like speechless the whole the sound design all these little things you hear in the background to kind of add ambiance to the scary parts of the game one detail wrote down was the sound of the guitar scraping against the felt case when you pick it out <laughs> yeah. is such a specific yeah. sound and even to think of putting that in there i was like like these little things just blew yeah. me away props to the folly department um yeah <laughs> but you know you'd, you'd be in like a dark skyscraper or house and just looking through drawers and all of a sudden in the distance you hear like a can getting knocked over yeah. or something like that and then it, it adds it's like oh shit like is, is there like a zombies like and then you check and like you don't see anything but it <laughs> totally just nailed the ambiance of that and just yeah the the voice acting is just it's amazing and also the human mannerisms mm -hmm. you can't even describe them as idle animations anymore because they're so lifelike like mm -hmm. ellie fixing her hair or abby yeah. is rubbing her shoulders and like abby's face contorting when she's choking someone out like it's just so yeah you would stab some npc and just 
the sound of them like choking on their own oh, blood. Oh yeah, like, that was a good sound. It's insane. And I know from what I've read for some people that was like overkill and we'll get to the violence of the game, but just how real the sound is. Mm -hmm. But to me, I didn't have a problem with that. I, I was honestly just amazed at the technical feat of this game. Just another effect I had written down when Ellie cuts through the garden in Seattle and we are exposed to the scars for the first time mm -hmm. and you're surrounded by these ferns and it's this overgrown seattle area and they're coming at you with these torches and you don't quite know what's going on yeah just the the entire environment of that combined with the design of the enemies that was one of my favorite parts right. where i thought oh that is really well done mm -hmm. and really scary and like who are these people and right no totally another thing that contributes to that is gustavo santaolaya i hope i said that right he is the same composer as the first one mm -hmm. his music is so atmospheric it has gentle guitar sounds but yeah. then also this christopher nolan type tension music and i want to say the soundtrack yeah. is even better than the first one because the first one fits really well in the game and this one i just want to listen to like when i'm in the car or like mm -hmm. it's just just incredible yeah, and well, more specific, I guess, more Hans Zimmer influenced. Yeah, guys, yeah, yeah, like yeah. All the Nolan movies, just these like, I don't even know. He he messes with all these synthesizers. I just thought of the tension of a yeah. Nolan movie, and the, yeah, just yeah. Like, it's like this lingering yeah thing that just keeps ram cool. ramping up and adds to the tension. I don't even know. I guess it's just messing around with synthesizers. It's... Another thing I had a question about actually was mm -hmm. people are talking a lot about the rope mechanics, which they've improved from yes. Uncharted and being able to throw the rope. And then I realized that I think Abby's hair is also part of the rope mechanics, isn't it? Because her hair is this long so. braid and it has these like frizzy things coming out of it and it moves around. It's not just like a stick that, you know, right. <laughs> it's like hanging out of her head right. or something like that. And I... No, everything is totally alive in the game. Yeah. There isn't, there's nothing that stood out to me where like, even the leaves on the trees, which is usually just an afterthought in games where they're just kind of these flat. Right. Like there's nothing that kind of took you out of the game. I mean, you could tell they put a lot of thought into this and just like every detail was thought out. Yeah, no, it's it's just, it's amazing from a technical standpoint. There's just nothing else you can say. It's about as perfect as it gets. There isn't, I didn't really encounter any glitches. Everything is... I didn't have, I had one glitch. That's Oh, uh, your game froze like one yeah, time. Yeah, that's it, yeah. I didn't have that problem, but it's just so incredibly polished, which is how it should be if you're paying 60 bucks for a blockbuster game and not these things where games are mm -hmm. released early and it's like well we're gonna update it in a month and fix the glitches yeah, yeah. and I, I think we both also thought that taking all these parts from uncharted 4 like the climbing and the jumping and the rope mm -hmm. felt more like a natural evolution it didn't feel reductive it didn't feel like oh am i playing uncharted now it felt like they were meshing things together that fit really well for the gameplay for yeah. this game yeah no but you can tell you're in that naughty dog universe because there's certain little sound effects that are interchanged like when like when the speech bubble comes up right oh like that's right. the same noise in yeah. both games and i i don't know it gave me a weird sense of comfort to hear these yeah. sounds where i'm like oh i'm in this naughty dog universe where these games are just really polished and playable and like i don't know this weird relationship to this game developer through yeah. using kind of some of the same stuff throughout the two t totally different games. And you also really love them taking the Jeep and the open world aspect and then turning that into the yeah, horse and you have the right. map and there's so many different approaches to a battle that just weren't possible in, in right. 
Last of Us one. Um, but yeah, as, as soon as we were in Seattle and you have the map and your horse, I'm like, oh, this is this is the Jeep scene from Uncharted Four. Yeah. And we're just gonna like get to explore around for a minute. It's this like semi open world part of the game, which is kind of nice from just the totally linear. Yeah. The rest of the game, right? Didn't think that map would be a downfall, would oh you? Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> You want to dive more into the characters, the story? Yeah, I think a good place to start is maybe Joel's death. Right, so that's the biggest twist in this game early on that people were not expecting, right? So Joel dies within like 20 minutes of playing the game, maybe? Maybe the first hour? Yeah, and I think somebody also pointed out that he's one of PlayStation's most recognizable characters, and he's pretty much like a cash cow. So killing him off right. is like... You know, Nintendo wouldn't kill off Mario. Right. Like, <laughs> the first Last of Us 2 was released fairly early on with the PlayStation 4 launch, right? Or like not maybe, oh, yes, maybe no. a couple years into it. It came with my PlayStation 4. I remember it, I, that. It wasn't the launch game, I don't think, but it came... They, didn't they remaster it? They remastered it too, but it was fairly early on in PlayStation 4 and it was such a masterpiece of a game mm -hmm. that it makes sense that, yeah, like Joel is this... Mm -hmm. I don't, for some reason, more than Ellie almost, he's just this really recognizable character. So some people were incredibly pissed off that he gets killed off. <laughs> I, I played this part on Father's Day, and I, <laughs> I, I cried for about an hour. People were so angry at Abby, and that really surprised me. Because the mm. game shows you in the beginning, like, Joel's not a good person. Right. You know, we kind of know she's probably with the fireflies. Like, this, the whole thing with her dad, that, that wasn't a big reveal to me. Interesting. I, you know? <laughs> <laughs> like, you knew something was linked there? Yeah, same with you, Stacey, yeah. right? Yeah, you, and you hadn't even played the first game. No. <laughs> so. Yeah, but you didn't, you didn't know that until the dad is introduced. Am I crazy? So when you first get that flashback, you're back at the zoo, and I'm like, mm -hmm. oh, this is the zoo from the first game. Like, right. so she's part of the Fireflies, and her dad, I guessed, was the surgeon because that was the first thing we're shown in the beginning of this game. You guys are so damn smart. But I think... I didn't connect but, those dots. Right? <laughs> you, think, don't, you rarely connect those dots, <laughs> let's be honest. Hey. <laughs> and I think when they talk to each other and save the zebra and then they run out and there's the St. Mary's Hospital in the background, mm. I feel like that was a moment for people when they were like, well, wait a minute. Like, Hold on a minute. They didn't put anything together until that part. That's okay, though. <laughs> No, I'm just saying that I, yeah. I feel like the anger was completely misdirected and also misses a lot of really excellent storytelling things that they did with Joel's death. Mm -hmm. Because you know Abby's there to kill him, and mm. then he saves her, and you think, okay, maybe she'll change her mind now, right? right. Because you have that whole part of Joel and Tommy saving her, mm -hmm. and also then you switch perspective to Ellie approaching the house, and the game even makes you pick up supplies, like it's gearing up for this big battle and you get to save Joel, you know, and yeah. none of that happens. And I thought that was so clever. And also filming that scene from the ground up. So as if you're playing as Ellie, mm -hmm. that was another really right. interesting thing that really brings you into that scene and makes you feel it. And having the voices fade out mm -hmm. because she's so overcome with emotion and you're overcome with emotion right. playing it. And then going through his house... Like, that was another, like, punch in the gut. Like, picking Ooh. up all the little things and her idol yeah. animations are, like, wiping her eyes and crying. And then 
you kind of forget about your journal and then you open it up and you mm. see her having, you know, <laughs> trying to draw them and you're like, <laughs> you know, you're like crying all over again. So I, I think Abby is one part of that, but I wasn't feeling anger. I just was feeling this deep emotion because the right. game did so many smart things to make me feel that. Mm-hmm. You know, and then the game tries to do that for the last two thirds, like, oh, this meaningful death, let's do that 20 more times. Right. <laughs> it kind of like didn't work <laughs> well, for me. We'll, and we will get to that. <laughs> the game early on just keeps making the point and keeps re- trying to remind you that Joel is not that great of a person. And he's, I mean, what he did at the hospital in the first game was pretty damn shitty, like <laughs> killing doctors and stuff. And that his death on some level is totally justified. His death was well done. Mm -hmm. I just don't know if the rest of the story makes it meaningful. What I want to get to is I just think it's weird that people can't see that Joel's not a good person. And then they get so angry that he's dead and then leave like a zero score on Metacritic. It's just so silly that it's this like cult thing of, no, I like that character and I don't like that you killed him off and I hate this game because of that. Like yeah, that you can't move on from that. It's very is mature. Worrisome. Yeah. <laughs> you talking about him killing all those doctors it brings me to something about earning character moments. Mm-hmm. Because the first game like this one is not a choice game. It does not ask my morality, but it does ask mm-hmm. my empathy. Right. And the second game tried so hard to do that over and over, and it completely missed the mark for me. Mm. So Joel saving Ellie is this really upsetting and conflicting moment. Mm-hmm. So when you're playing it, Stacy, like you wake up in the hospital, and Marlene's like, oh, you have to be escorted out of here because Ellie... We have to sacrifice her to save the human race. Mm-hmm. And then you decide to kill all these people. And the first time I played it, I felt so like ill. Like, oh, this is like, because it's wrong. Mm-hmm. And you feel that it's wrong. But the game has just spent like the entire game, basically, you know, justifying why mm-hmm. for Joel as a character, this is the only choice he could have made. Right. Through losing his biological daughter and now losing his adoptive daughter. The game earns that moment of me feeling really unsettled mm-hmm. because it did the work. And I feel like this game often didn't do the work. I mean, I didn't, I haven't watched the first game being played, but like from a parent perspective, I would have done exactly what Joel did. So the confliction that you have, I have none of that. And maybe that makes me a bad person, but like not, not even second guessed it. I would have done exactly what he did. Like right. to save my child. And it's not it's not the right thing, but it's like you're reacting from the point of a parent and that is that is the point mm-hmm. of the game. Right. And I, well the yeah. problem I had with it is is that, and you seem to like not have that is that it, there was no choice by her. Like And no one ever asks her in the first game. Yeah, like, no, what do that, you but, do? I know, but that's I know, and I know you don't have a problem with that, but I do, because it should be her choice if she's gonna die for for that. And I don't know, maybe that's like some ethical thing for me. She should have the right to decide that. Or even if it's not a choice, like nobody gives her the chance to even like say goodbye to Joel. Like or just nothing. Like even if she... you're gonna force the death of this girl, like give her a chance to like say goodbye. But that or, like... uh, so just to remind you from yeah. the first game, because Marlene does say, you know, that if she had a choice, she would do this. And then right. in the second game, Ellie's like, "This is what I wanted. Like I wanted yeah. to sacrifice myself." So we do. You didn't know this from the first no, game. No, no, but I we saw that know... that playback because there was like a there was a memory of it. But oh, I still, okay. I still like, it's different when you're in that moment and you're getting to decide later, having had someone else made that decision for you, it's easy to say, oh, I would do it. Mm-hmm. But it's just the mm-hmm. fact that these people think that they can do it without asking permission to do it. Mm-hmm. And if there's an ethical thing there for me, it's like, it, even if it's better, because they have no proof of one that this is going to work. 
Yeah, that's something you talked about. And, like, I, I kept bringing up. There's no discussion about how kind of vaccines or cures work where it's this really, I mean, we're going through it right now, right? We're trying yeah. to get this vaccine for the coronavirus and there's just no, first of all, guarantee that a vaccine works and you have to go through all these trials and, and they keep saying Abby's dad is a surgeon. They never say he's a virologist, yet they yeah. keep saying he's the only right. one who can do this, right. which isn't true from the first game because Marlene tries to get Ellie back even after that guy is right. killed. So it, that's something they changed for the story. So there's, but there's totally a scenario where you try to make a cure and it doesn't work at all. Yeah. And that's kind of never discussed, discussed <laughs> yeah. which... <laughs> Yeah, you know, <laughs> I don't know. I just I just have ethical issues with that, yeah. too. So I don't from the get go, the whole like thinking the doctor's like such a good person. Like, I, I don't really think that he's such a good person to, because I no, I don't think he thinks he's a good person. Okay. And he struggles with it, too. But that's kind of so if we talk about the characters in this game, that is one of the main points here is that nobody is. A perfect good person everyone kind of lives in this gray area and there's no especially in this apocalyptic world there are no perfect choices and all the choices have consequences and the what the right choice is kind of depends on whose shoes you're standing in but that is one thing i really appreciate about the game where all these characters are kind of allowed flawed. to be just normal flawed human beings and it's not this here's the good guy versus the villain, like stereotypical video game thing. Everyone is allowed to live in this gray area, which... Actually, I think there's one evil group in the whole thing that like no, really there, like there is, take the obviously. evil to the next level and it's that last group that you didn't get to fight stacy's talking about the slavers which i thought at that point was just so exaggerated for the sake of violence and i, I just didn't have a reaction to it because i was like okay this is just getting really silly right but let, let's talk about how we got there so and to kind of go back to the beginning of the game the whole empathy thing totally worked on me in kind of the first third to half of the game because for you have to play abby who kills joel and at first i hated playing her and the more you're kind of in her shoes and you get to hear her side of the story then i totally not that i side with her but i definitely am empathetic to her situation right and the first half of the game, to me, there's so much complexity in the characters and their situations and the world we're in, in this town of Jackson, and there's all these relationships and so many more characters. It's this really complex, well-written world, and then the game about halfway through just mm -hmm. turns into, like, Rambo meets Roadhouse, where it's just mm -hmm. this revenge, violence, fetish trip, and mm -hmm. all that complexity is lost, especially when... Towards the end, before you go to Santa Barbara to track down Abby one last time, like, Tommy comes to the house, and he's like, I've been putting out some feelers, and I think Abby's in Santa Barbara. And Dina and Ellie are like, I don't know. You know, I don't know about this. Like, we have our family here. We have this kid. We have this farm. And then it just turns into these cheesy one-liners towards the end of the game where Tommy's like, well, I, you know, I can't go because he's, like, all injured. Or, like, in in the final fight between Abby and Ellie, which is, like, so drawn out and I, ridiculous. I would have turned it off at that point. I didn't want to be exposed to that anymore. You didn't or have even, to do the podcast. Well, even just a few lines I wrote down, like, when Ellie is leaving the farmhouse and Dina's confronting her and Ellie's like, what does she say? She has to... I can't sleep. No, I wrote it down, right? She's like, I have to finish it. Or, like, towards... <laughs> at, at the very end, the last fight where Ellie's looking at Abby and she goes... 
I can't let you leave. It's just turned into these like 80 movie one-liners and all this complexity and nuance yeah. is totally I lost. I did love Stacy's though. Oh yeah, you can't sleep. I have a fucking toddler, man. <laughs> <laughs> she hasn't slept for two years and she won't be able to for at least another year. <laughs> I got one last job to do. Da, da, da. <laughs> So somebody, and I forget which article, I've read so many articles trying to get different viewpoints of this game, and somebody made a really good point where it's made pretty clear early on in Ellie's and Dina's relationship that Dina has been just as much through all this horrific shit mm -hmm. as Ellie has, mm -hmm. and... Because they're comparing, like, when when's the first time you killed somebody? I'm pretty mm -hmm. sure Dina killed someone earlier than Ellie, and right? She like, lost her sister. Yeah, she's been through just as much horrific stuff, and none of that is kind of mentioned again towards the end of the game, where Dina's just reduced to this, mm -hmm. the only sane person, angry housewife character who's yelling at Tommy to be like, don't you come back here! And it's... That's interesting, I hadn't thought about that. Yeah, and I didn't either until mm -hmm. some somebody pointed out there on the internet. Yeah, no, but you said at the end of the game, like, wait, what about Dina? Like, the yeah. game doesn't even allow you to care about these 20 million characters. In, like, like, the one character that's left alive, Dina, like, the only really other person you're able to care about, like, just totally disappears. Mm -hmm. I'm like, it's more, it's just focusing on Ellie's revenge strip and her PTSD. And it's like, well, Dina just had a kid and she's been through just as much shit. All this building you did is thrown away. How about the fact that the kid lost away. its dad on this revenge trip? <sighs> it's um, really frustrating. Yeah. Dina never really brings up in the confrontation before Ellie leaves that it's like, from what I can tell, Ellie's kind of made a commitment to raise this kid. They have this farm together. That has never really brought up how... She just abandons Dina. Ellie's no longer allowed to be a fully-fledged character outside of Joel. And what? Jess yeah. Joho, she wrote for Mashable um, the review. I don't quite remember the name, but we'll have it linked. And she mm -hmm. calls this the paternal gaze, where Ellie does not get to respond to the world around her as mm -hmm. like a community member, as a niece, as a wife, as a mother. It just turns her into this one-dimensional, lifeless character writing. Yeah, Rambo. It's just too bad, really. Well, it, it's her her and Tommy all of a sudden at the end of the game. It's like, it's just these totally one-dimensional characters. I'm well, like, that's the what part happened? I had a problem with, like, the Tommy, no the sense, whole Tommy yeah. conversation. Because I don't even know him from the first game, mm -hmm. but I already could tell that that just didn't work. Yeah. Like, it just felt, it felt like he would never have said that. He would never have reacted like that. He's a complete dick to Ellie all of a sudden. I just, it didn't work for me. It was and it didn't even make really... sense, because earlier on in the game, he's the one who's saying they have to go back to Jackson because Dina's pregnant and, mm -hmm. you know, we killed all of Abby's friends and it's okay that we can let her go. And now he comes back later and he's just cursing out Ellie and telling her what a piece of crap she is for not wanting to mm -hmm. abandon her family and go to Santa Barbara. Yeah, suddenly it's like <laughs> whack Uncle Tommy who, yeah. like, gets a divorce and has this, like, yeah. spy network out there in the apocalypse <laughs> tracking down Abby. And I'm like, what? happened because like it doesn't even make sense in this game but just thinking back to the first game you miss your connection with the fireflies because you are a smuggler you have to drop off the goods which is ellie and you find out it's like a person right mm -hmm. and so you're like my brother used to be a firefly he'll know what to do you find uncle tommy and he lives in this community and he has like a wife and he's like no yeah. like i'm i'm done with that life like yeah. i have to protect like and then you even have a level defending the community from these like people coming right. in 
And this, so you're telling me that Uncle Tommy has just gone like bananas? Well, yeah, that and like, didn't, isn't this like the same guy in the like scene before that we've seen him is like li- literally being like, kill me over her. Right, like, right. Like, and now, now it's like, oh no, you have to go because I can't because I'm injured and you might die, but that's not a problem for me. It's like, there's like no emotional, like. No, it I, makes, it makes no where, sense. Where's Jackson? What state are they in? I think we said Wyoming. Yeah. Okay. So she's going to, in this apocalyptic world with danger on every corner, Tommy wants Ellie to go from Wyoming to Santa Barbara by herself. Yeah. Uh, like, what are, what are we doing here? Yeah. It just feels artificially long, the game. It doesn't feel mm-hmm. organic towards the end. No, that's why I didn't have a reaction to anything happening in the last Well, I part. didn't... Right, and we also don't have a reaction because it's like any character building is wasted because everybody mm-hmm. dies and there's nothing well, to care well, about. Mm-hmm. It's the, the it's also like the way... You, like, you first play Ellie, like, for the first part and you, like, watch all of, like, these people... Oh, no, you first play Abby for a little while and mm-hmm. you watch, like, all these people die... Or no, is I think no. it's Ellie. You play Ellie, Ellie and you and kill you like half of Abby's friends. friends. And then you play Abby and you're introduced to these people and you were supposed to have emotion for them, but we've already watched them die. So it's yeah. like, right. I can't really build emotion for somebody that like, I know is going to die because it's like, what's the point? Like, it's not human nature to Which, like care mm-hmm, about them. Mm-hmm. And then you have no feeling the entire time you're like having this second part. And then you also don't have any feeling because you're watching Abby you're supposed to like this person enough to like care about her friends. Right. I don't, but I don't know she if you're supposed to like, her. you're just supposed to be empathetic to her. I, I, my problem is, is that like, she has no problem turning on all these people that she was like with, but she no, like I, guns them all down. I understood that. You, but I, everything else you said, I basically wrote down that same thing because people were suggesting online, would this be less jarring as a story if you played one day at a time? So you played mm-hmm. Seattle Day 1, Ellie Abbey, and then Seattle mm-hmm. Day 2. Because I didn't actually have a problem playing as Abby, but I'm like, you, same as you, I'm like, you want me to get attached to all these people that I know I'm going to die. So basically right. all you're doing is framing Abby's story through the trauma that Ellie is inflicting on her. Mm. And that becomes the whole two thirds of the game. It's like more trauma, more trauma, you know, and and Abby, you're seeing her explore like her community there in the same way we saw Ellie explore Jackson. Mm -hmm. But like Stacy said, there's nothing I can feel about that. Like I can't just care about Ellie and Abby as the only two characters when you have all these other characters there. And then you are more likable. This is my thing. Like some of the characters were way more likable, but then they, they, like I know they're gonna die. And, right, and know. then and then finally you meet the siblings, mm-hmm. and you're like, okay, so are these the two characters I can I'm allowed to care about? Right. And then you spend like ten hours or oh like five God. hours trying to save this girl from her like broken arm, and the game is like, oh no, psych! Like we're gonna kill her right off too. Right after and I'm she's like, healed, it's what like you, she dies. What? Yeah, it's just like <laughs> that's why it feels artificially long to me because it's like, well, then I don't. Why'd you put that? Whole you don't scene need these really long missions no. in there, and I, I don't have to play Abby that much in order to feel empathetic to her. Like you already got that out of me in the first half of the game. I don't then need to play this whole arc of her chasing Tommy when I kind of already know where it's going from playing Ellie's side of the story. And I don't know if that's kind of a bad job in directing that certain part of the game, because if you're going to frame it like that, then maybe 
stop just short of Ellie killing those people and then switch to Abby. So I don't know what's going to happen yet, right? But or maybe don't and don't have your entire story be this like Greek tragedy where the bodies start piling up right. on the stage. Like literally everybody dies, and it's just okay. Well, what? And what what I call this, there's not enough giraffe moments in this game. Zebra Fam moments? Famously in the first game, <laughs> which the first game is, I mean, there's a lot of bad stuff that happens in the game, but there's these moments sprinkled in, famously where you get to pet this giraffe. Ellie tells through. her jokes. Ellie, th there's these moments sprinkled in that kind of make it all worth it, going through all this horrific stuff and... There's none of that for me here in this game. It's just one bad thing after the other, and there is... Oh, the beautiful moments are like the moments the where, museum. where you get the flashbacks, but it's like, right. well, those are in the past, so you like, don't care stops. about the future. Yeah. Right. You know, it's like, it, it, there's just too much feeling in the past. It's not enough to, like, fuel your anger to continue there's wanting to go through these zero things. There's just zero reward to kind of zero being reward, with yeah. any of the characters. Yeah. Even though there is like five times as many characters as the first Too game. Too many characters. Like, which I didn't have that much of a problem with, but like they all die and nothing matters. And yeah, there's not enough. You need more giraffe moments. There, there needs to be <laughs> just a few more moments of like, okay, I'm doing this horrific shit but hey you know what it's worth it because of this little moment i had with this character and there's none of that for me there and and i actually really liked abby connecting with lev and yara because no, I, I love their connection mm. i just don't understand her like lack of connection with anyone else i i took it as she's been trying to find like a community to be a part of ever mm -hmm. since all the fireflies got killed right and she was kind of part of the wolves but now she's finding that through lev and yara and one of my favorite quotes i wrote down is abby saying to lev you're my people like right. i thought that was so sweet and yeah and also having the nightmares tie into that like her nightmares reoccur even though she's killed joel and mm -hmm. she's gotten her revenge then she sees the kids in her nightmares mm -hmm. and she's like, oh, I have to go save them. And then when her dad is finally alive in her dreams is when she's doing good things for others instead of getting revenge. That was done in a good way where it's like revenge is bad, but then the the rest of the game, it just hammers it home to you like over and over. Like, right. don't you get it? Revenge is bad. Like it leads you down the wrong path. Uh, I don't know. Like, I didn't, I don't know that I got that from, from the Ellie's story. point of view. Yeah. Cause that was all her character was like, at the end, that's all she could be is this like revenge driven right. person. And then it was just too over the top for me. Well, and so talking about revenge, as the story unfolds and you get to know more and more of what happened between Ellie and Joel through these cutscenes, you find out that when Joel is killed, Ellie knows exactly why he's killed. Because she knows this. We yeah. find out that she knows the secret by the time you already play her in the beginning. So why is it never brought up that she knows why Joel, why these people are coming after Joel and she knows that to a certain point it's justified. So why is that never brought up as part of her decision? It just turns into this, no, they killed Joel and I got to go after yeah, them. I don't know. I, I, I think that they do give you that when they show you the final scene with her, but I feel like they should have showed that scene earlier where they show that like they had start, they were going to work on the relationship. So Abby robbed her of that. And I feel like that's that's where she's angry. Like the anger builds. It's just like they had finally discussed it and they were going to like start to work through it. Mm -hmm. And then the next day or like that same, mm -hmm. like the next time she saw him, he was dead. You know what I mean? Before her and Tommy 
leave Jackson. It just it never seems to be part of the discussion of, hey, should we even do this? Because, hey, remember, Joel's kind of a piece of crap, and he did do this, but it's never mentioned partly because then you can have that reveal later that Ellie kind of knows what's going on, maybe. I thought, it, I'm, I'm sorry, I thought it was cheap. I think reducing a character that we love so much to she cannot exist outside of anger and hatred, that's not a normal state for your right. for your body to be in that has like no <laughs> <laughs> you want to talk about kind of the final part of the game so you you already checked out at this point <sighs> but there's a part where you find abby and she's being held by basically what are modern day slave owners they capture people and just work them to death basically these and which would have been behave they get turned into zombies a cool part of the story if we weren't already kind of mentally checked out from everything that happened before. Um, well, your shock muscle wears out. Yeah. You can't like, keep reacting to right. the same thing over and over. You just go numb. Right. And that's why just adding more violence and saying, oh, it's a critique of violence is bad. That, does, that doesn't work as a critique. Mm -hmm. It just makes you numb to violence and normalizes it. You find Abby at the end of the game, and she tried to escape from these people, and they just they hung her out by the ocean to basically die and roast in the sun. And Abby, you, I mean, she looks skinnier; mm -hmm. her like hair's cut off. It's just like, wow, like this person's been totally abused. And Ellie sees that and has this moment of like she cuts Abby down. I maybe might have had still just a little part of me was rooting for Ellie to like kill this person, no. right? And. I'm saying anything I had at that point was kind of lost because I'm like, oh, wow, like this but, is, this is almost worse than death. Like, like, look at what she's been through. Right. But that's what it took for you. Like it, they had to inflict so much physical violence on Abby in the game yeah. for you to feel that way. I don't I don't agree with that. I don't know. I just I'm just saying from like Ellie's standpoint where you, you see this person just who's totally degraded and you're like, oh, this is like worse than me killing her. But then I want to get to the final fight scene which is so ridiculous like there where, has to be a boss battle yeah we have to have this it's so unnecessary you don't really need this last battle like even if it's the story they want to tell you can do that without this ridiculous final battle where like they have no strength left either of them and Al ellie decides to put down her backpack and this, even if she wants to kill abby instead of shooting her decides oh, i'm gonna get in a fist fight with this like she's on the they're both on like the verge of falling over already they're both injured, and it's just so unnecessary, and the fight is... It's just absolutely ridiculous. I was just going through the motions at that point. I'm like, okay, like, let me just get through this. Yeah. It was like, okay, if you want to kill her, really, you're going to get in a fist fight? Yeah. Like, just shoot her if you're going to do that. Like, I don't... <laughs> so this actually brings me to my point about the Naughty Dog team hating anything to do with medical science. <laughs> There's this absurd moment in the first game. When Ellie finds a band-aid and it cures Joel from falling from a height and getting pierced through by a rusty <laughs> metal rod, it's so absurd and ridiculous, but at least that serves a purpose of trying to bring Joel and Ellie back together. Mm -hmm. That complete disregard for the human body in this game mm -hmm. just served of being able to add more and more violence into the game. It didn't serve a story purpose for me. It, right. it was just this really like sadistic thing like when that big guy is coming after you in that war zone and he just keeps fighting you and fighting mm -hmm. you and you're slashing up his face and he keeps coming at you yeah like it felt like that scene from atomic blonde that's almost <laughs> like this game takes itself so seriously but i was right. like do you want me to laugh or well, do you there's these, me? there's these traces of 
Uncharted ridiculousness, which works really Thanks. well in Uncharted because yeah. Uncharted is ridiculous, but it doesn't work it in does the context work, no. of this game, which is takes itself so incredibly serious. Then don't give me these absolutely ridiculous fights when everything else is so kind of harsh and to the point and gory. And then there's a couple of these fights that are just, yeah, it just makes no sense at all. Like the first fight with Abby and Ellie, I thought was already, I did not like that at all. I thought that was a really bad decision. Oh, you mean where they were fighting, but you, you're like yeah, fighting as Abby? The yeah. And and I hated that scene. <laughs> and at that point, I'm not, I don't want Ellie, anything to happen to Ellie still. So I'm like still not liking Abby. Having to play Abby fighting Ellie and hurting her. And I'm like, I don't want to fight her. But if you die, then you just have to start again. So just to come back to the violence of that scene, it's not enough that you have these two characters inflicting more wounds on each mm -hmm. other. Like Abby almost kills Dina. And then we can't leave it at that. We have to do a top-down shot of mm -hmm. this pregnant woman, like, in her own blood, and Ellie, like, looking up at us. Mm -hmm. And that, to me, that last part in Santa Barbara was just that. Because we see, it's, it just doesn't happen off-screen. We see Lev sustaining this horrible head injury that would basically kill him. Yeah. He gets knocked into the garage door. Mm -hmm. And, we, like you said, we see Abby's body completely destroyed mm -hmm. so to me it was just another chance to show us more violence on trans and female bodies and then to suggest that all it takes is willpower to combat these like horrendous acts of violence inflicted on you and to engage us in this boss battle that is so medically impossible like i would have to be an alien in space playing <laughs> this game like not being familiar with human bodies to like have any emotional right. reaction to this like I just thought it was so absurd. It just asked a suspension of disbelief that I could not muster. And it just, it was just an excuse for, yeah, exaggerated violence. Well, all that aside, it just, for me, it just didn't work from a storytelling perspective to where after all this violence and all these people dying, what would have been a more brave choice would be for these two characters to finally have a dialogue, maybe like it, with Ellie holding her at gunpoint or something, right? Like, to, to dive deeper in these characters. Yeah. Because these characters are connected through how both their stories kind of intersect. They're not connected by ever kind of talking to each other, having any sort of dialogue. Just piling more and more action onto this game, like, after a while, just gets kind of old. Yeah, it becomes really boring. Yeah, and other, other examples of the medical stuff just really not working for me. I am not sure why we kept this game mechanic from the first one where you have to pop a million different pills that, you know, the <laughs> chemicals have long become inactive and that's how you get, like, more health benefits in the game. I'm like, we couldn't have thought of something, like, different. And then also, like, the whole, like, amputated arm, but, like, she's fine. Oh, my God. You know? Like, running through salt water with like, a freshly amputated Everything's okay. Arm. And then we had, like, pregnant American Ninja Warrior... Like the whole the whole scene with the Abby finding the first aid kit in the ambulance, I wanted it to cut back to Mel being like, "Did did you read the list? I asked for like surgical tools. I asked for like a saw and like <laughs> it's like scissors and like yeah. tweezers. It's like what the it's hell like, are you gonna do with don't that? Don't perform surgeries in an ambulance. <laughs> I don't know. At, at that point in the apocalypse, you probably just take like a machete and slice the arm off, right? Like I don't. Well, you have to because Abby didn't yeah. get any of the things you asked for. <laughs> But so, the first game is widely regarded as basically a masterpiece by most people. And so, 
when you're making a sequel to that, I think it's really hard. And it, first of all, it's hard to follow up on a masterpiece. And I think it's really easy to fall into this trap that most sequels do where it's like, okay, we have to follow up this amazing thing that we did. So it, what that means is we just have to make it bigger and better and more violence. And it's a longer game. And to me, the second you do that, it just kind of fails. Like you're never going to be... Mm -hmm. You know, when when Psy released Gangnam Style, you knew the second, you knew the next song that was going to come out wasn't going to be Daddy. as good. I love Daddy. It's a great song, but it's not as good, right? You just, I think it's an unrealistic expectation that you're going to make a better game. Again, to me, the game just feels artificially long to her. Mm -hmm. It's almost twice as long as the first game. And it's just... Without meaning. Yeah. Just because you make it bigger and there's more characters and more violence, like... That doesn't make the game better because that's not what was good about the first game. What was good about the first game is these characters and the storytelling. And you you don't love the first game because, oh, it's really cool how you kill the zombies. Like, nobody gives a crap about that. Right, it's, right. <laughs> we, we care about these characters. Well, it sounds like in the first game, like, there was character development from start to finish. And in this one, I felt like there was no character development <laughs> except for like with Abby. Except like, for Abby, Abby was the yeah. only one that like kind of evolved into a mm -hmm. better person, but nothing happened with the one you cared about from the beginning. Like I, I don't know. It no, it was, it was it was weird. It's upsetting, honestly. And and coming back to the playing in ten hour chunks, I think it could have worked where you play like ten hours as one character and ten hours as the other if you actually have a story that. I care about, but I think it's a really interesting storytelling tool because I love that kind of love actually stuff, you know, mm -hmm. like when you're yeah. chasing Nora down in the hospital basement and then the soldiers drop down and they're like, why is the power on down mm -hmm. here? And you're like, that's a weird comment, but then you forget about it. And then you're like, oh, the power's on because I'm right there with Abby and I mm -hmm. just spent all this time trying to turn the power on like right. in the ambulance section. Like that's that's cool storytelling yeah, you is. just yeah. need a, t a story to tell there's, there's all kinds of other little things i miss like the the dog you pet as ellie is the same i a, i totally miss that it's the exact same dog i thought it was just a generic oh dog. really that's why that's another thing that yeah i couldn't get into abby's story because i'm like oh great now there's this dog that i know i already killed yeah. like the the game honestly it lost me when it tried to make me complicit and nora's torture i'm like do i really have to press the square button like well so do you want to do you want to talk about a little bit about script doctoring like what you would have done different maybe like stacy already said the humor the charm and the hope they're all sacrificed for melodrama mm -hmm. you know and it, it feels like this this game of thrones like introduce yeah. a character kill a character and then you expect like a like a oh aren't we so bold for killing that character and i'm like no it's not bold well, it's especially boring. after there's nothing more bold that you can do than kill Joel, Joel, which you already yeah. did in the beginning. So there's nothing that's going to compare to that. You don't need to kill all these other people because there's no shock effect after yeah. you've already done the most shocking thing you could have possibly and it's, done. It's just morbid killing that poor pregnant woman. And like, I'm like, I don't want to be part of this. Like, right. Coming back to Uncharted 4, which is called A Thief's End, when we played it, the whole game, we were like, who's going to die? Somebody's going to die. Like, it's going to be the brother. It's going to be Nate. And like, yeah. Nobody dies and the game what? is better for it. And at the yeah. end, you're just like on the beach exploring the house and finding all these mm -hmm. artifacts from your journey and reliving the whole franchise. And it's such a meaningful, mm -hmm. beautiful moment. And I'm like, why couldn't we have that 
you know, in this game where it's right. like maybe you do start with Joel's death, but then Ellie and Abby have to work together to save Levin Yara or like there's other yeah. immune people or they have to or maybe the whole game is getting to Catalina and, you know, mm -hmm. helping Abby find the fireflies and then having Ellie's life mean something by helping Abby mm -hmm. like try actually going back to that theme of like trying to find a cure like why not and then mm -hmm. have these characters like you said actually like work together and be like like the player knows they're very similar but have these two characters actually realize oh we are right. very similar and we should well and so i found it weird they made this really detailed version of seattle yet the only place i get to go is like the hospital and aquarium like over and over again <laughs> right i like that i didn't mind really? it yeah i didn't mind it i just I, it seemed just a little repetitive it's like okay i just made it to the hospital alley now i gotta do it again with abby and we're just stuck in seattle for a little too long a little and too long yeah mm -hmm. I, I i actually like the whole twist at the end in santa barbara where you find these these people that are slave owners and i think you could have done more with that to where Maybe we don't spend as much time in Seattle. Mm -hmm. And maybe you do kill all of Abby's friends and she somehow gets to escape. And then you do track her down in Santa Barbara. And maybe Ellie and Abby both get captured. Now they have to work together to kind of escape. That's these still too dark slave for me. owners. <laughs> There's more creative ideas you could have done, especially if you want these two characters' stories to intersect constantly. Yeah. You kept saying throughout, like, playing it that it felt like two different people wrote like the starting part and then that the second half mm -hmm. and i definitely felt that from yeah. start to finish because in the first half i like really was caring about everybody and then and all it was of a sudden funny. i just like, like stop yeah, being funny yeah and then all of a sudden it was like it just it was, it was it was weird when we all these reviews came out uh when when the game was launched and some of them justified and some of them not justified. The people that are just upset about Joel or the mm -hmm. people that don't like the queer community or like, mm -hmm. but you first start playing the game and you're like, f I don't know, five, 10 hours in and you're like, what are, what's all the fuss about? Like yeah. this game's really cool. And then as you get more into the game, like, okay, like I get it. Yeah. This, this game just kind of falls apart halfway through. <laughs> yeah. I, I wanted to bring up a review by Carolyn Pettit. Um, by the end, I just wanted to get done with it so I can read her review. Mm -hmm. I love her stuff. And one of her quotes was, this game is such an asshole, which I <laughs> thought was so funny. Um, she also says that the game defines characters solely by their trauma, which is something we already mm -hmm. mentioned. And also that the game's insistence on savagery feels really stubborn and ignorant. Like it can't get out of its own way and actually tell a story and then mm -hmm. she also brought up all the letters that you find in the story just, they have no nuance they just serve to drive home the point mm -hmm. of like isn't this world just dark and terrible and i'm like yes i already know that i don't need to pick up 20 <laughs> letters of like i had to kill my whole family and then i killed I myself became, and stacy and i are playing or stacy's watching me play that just became every time i was about to pick up a letter i would like try to predict the first <laughs> yeah sentence. they're all the same half the time it's like I'm trapped or I, I can't make it anymore. It's like it's, everything was like the same. Like, like what happened to the letters from the first game where you find the ship and it's like Ish the sea captain and he's mm -hmm. made this whole community in the sewers <laughs> and you're like, I like, I want to hear more about Ish. Like yeah. no nuance. It's just the well, same just like thing. That whole scene within the aquarium where they're talking about the father and he lost the kids to, they, they became scars. And yeah, that I, was, I thought that, was that nice. maybe that was going to interconnect at Me one point too. with Yari and, and, uh, and Lev. Lev. And then it just like, 
that was it. No, I thought the same thing. I'm like, <laughs> okay, like, can yeah. you, I, I want the letters to have a purpose mm-hmm. and they just don't. Yeah. Well, I forget the detail because there, there's something where happens where like one of the wolves kills another. Do you remember no, what that was? No, and the was? dad is just trying to be neutral and then the kids run away to the scars because they're like, oh, dad is such a coward where dad just because wants to live in peace. mom got killed by yeah. a wolf. And the like... kids want to take revenge. I know, but the, I forget. There's something that happens right after that with one of the wolves where that's when you thought it was going to Yeah, like there were several intersect. points where I thought there was going to intersect and I'm like, nope. But it like <laughs> never, it's like you read these stories, but they don't tell anything. It's mm-hmm. just like, Oh, and you just hear Ellie saying her quotable line. What was oh, it? Shit. Like, oh, shit. Oh, that's really bad. <laughs> After every letter. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it would either be someone getting trapped and locking the door, but there's zombies outside, or somebody trying to get some sort of supplies for their significant other and then getting trapped. And everybody dies. <laughs> the only okay. purpose of the letters at all I found was when we could find like a safe no, like the the yeah. gate number or something like that. <laughs> yeah. Like other than that, they had no purpose, no significance, and I was just like, I kept wanting them to, and I feel like they missed the boat on that one because they should have like they could have tied that into like the story more. Yeah. How, how did you feel about the safe puzzles? Because I kind of liked them. I kind of liked I was having to over find them the... because I had okay. to. There was no way for it to easily just pop up. You had to switch between yes. your journals. So I started writing it down on paper. And if I have to have a pad of paper next mm-hmm. to me while I'm playing a game, like <laughs> that was my major complaint. Where there there was no way to like bookmark certain notes, or if you find the code, maybe Ellie should just write it in her notebook. Because there was times where I find the note that has the code to the safe and then i find like four more notes and by the time i get to the yeah, safe yeah, yeah. i'm like You're okay which note through was the backpack. this code in it's just yeah. meh that was a weird mechanic to the game um how did you feel about the puzzles in general i mean light puzzles where you kind of have to figure out like getting the putting the trash can on the ramp and then pulling the gate up so yeah that took me so long oh really and then finally <laughs> and there's even of... a sign right next to it that's like <laughs> rolling things like no i i like those there's i thought those were those fun puzzles. i got really tired of trying to open doors that wouldn't open oh my god that, yeah that was and a little frustrating end, i, I didn't like, understand that don't make there be a triangle uh, or my favorite is when they're in the aquarium and abby has the keys yet there's still <laughs> a locked door and i don't open the locked door i'm like um, no. she has the, the keys me, are right in her pocket. To me, the worst offender is you're with Abby, and it's right before you run into the whole Tommy sniper scene, and there's this little shop on the pier, and the door is locked, and literally a foot left to the door is just the shop window, and you climb through it, and I'm like, what Why is the point? Why did you point? make me click on the door? What is the point of the locked door mm. here? Like, Sometimes it was just so unnecessary that the door was locked. <laughs> um, are you okay with opening all the drawers in the game? The millions of drawers? <laughs> it was fine, it's a but it's a lot. much sometimes. <laughs> just dial it back. Maybe like 20% less drawers. I wanted to come back to Dina for a second. Yeah, please. I, I think- wouldn't let you open the car doors or the refrigerator. It's like you the have refrigerator? to... No, there's nothing in the refrigerators. In that the world. refrigerators are never opened, not once throughout the entire. If you want to hide game. anything, put it in, in the, the refrigerator. fridge because they don't look in there. <laughs> it's so funny. 
<laughs> so what about Dina? I think um, she's my favorite character. Well, she's by the, the way. best character. She's yeah. the only one who's like a grown up. Her and Jesse probably. She has this quote when you're in the synagogue that I really loved. Mm-hmm. She says, I like coming from a long line of survivors. Yeah. Um, I thought that was really that lovely. Was nice. And also when she asks Ellie if she can get anything out of Joel's house for her, she sees Ellie like struggling to open mm-hmm. the door. I was like, Oh, she's like so mm-hmm. nice. And then the other scene where I literally screamed was when Ellie breaks her mask and Dina doesn't even hesitate. Like she knows at this point she's pregnant and she's about to take her mask off and she's like, we can share mine. I was like, no, don't take it off. Like I was like screaming and I was like, like, damn, Dina is like committed. Like she's mature. Well, I like, feel like Jesse's the same way. Jesse's the same way. I, yeah. I like. I was very upset when he died. He he was actually one of the ones where I I cared about, and uh, just from start to finish, like he's so selfless about their relationship and yeah. like, her, their friendship. This could have easily been like the jealous boyfriend. Yeah, like yeah. it could have. They could have like, taken it so many ways, but he was just such like a well designed, like well built person, and it, it was it was crushing to me when he died. But. Yeah, yeah. So Dina is like the most fleshed out character who just encapsulates Ellie with her love, like, no questions asked. And they haven't even... I mean, they just started dating, like, two days ago, right? And they've known each other for a a while. Like, they've been friends. But their their dialogue, too, when they're down that weed factory, and it's so awkward and so, like, how teenagers talk. Yeah, it's so, like, encapsulates the teenage experience perfectly. Well, fuck all that. Everything sucks. The rest of the game is uh, (laughs) dark abyss. (laughs) Yeah, my next note in here was actually about Lev. Lev is a character who happens to be trans. Mm-hmm. Lev is not the trans character. And I think that's something we saw in the past with women in video games, mm-hmm. where it's like, well, we only need to put one woman in here because that's her personality. Mm-hmm. Like, she's defined by her femininity. She, like, she has boobs and she likes shopping and mm-hmm. like that. <laughs> and I feel like that's how we, de- a lot of the times, that's how we depict trans people in mm-hmm. media today. And this game did not do that, which mm-hmm. I really appreciate. You know, Lev was a fully fledged yeah, character no, totally. with motivations Normal and so emotions. forth. emotions. <laughs> but what I really didn't like, and I think this is going to really date itself. Mm-hmm. I still had to be exposed to acts of aggression towards Lev because he was trans. And Hollywood is still doing this, but just imagine if like, Lev was a black character and I constantly had to hear like racial slurs being you yeah. would be like, Oh really? That's is this is so over the top and silly. I see what and you're like, saying. And yeah. like trans people are already living this trauma in their real lives. Do they really need something like as badly as them using female pronouns and also using his dead name over and over again mm-hmm. of saying, Lily, like you're an abomination and we're gonna kill you. Right. I'm like, do do I really need to hear this like over and over? Hmm. I I just don't think we're there yet where we can just let trans people be trans people without framing them through their... Well, I mean, with everything that's struggle. going on... Through their struggle. Yeah. I don't know. With everything that's going on right now, like I feel like like some video gamers really kind of need... Because a lot of them experience the world through this, and it was nice to see a compassion and, like I don't know, like a, 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 there was like the sister who was like, at first was like, can't you just decide not to be this? And then mm-hmm. there was... Uh, Abby, who just immediately was like accepting of it. I don't know. There was, I think there was different layers, which I thought was yeah, good I to love. expose people. Is it a step in the right direction, though? You that's, oh, definitely. That's kind of like Especially what I was for thinking. a game this huge, it's it's really big. But yeah. I hopefully ten years from now we're gonna look back right. on this yeah, no, and no, it's no. gonna be like yeah. that. That's all I was gonna say. Yeah, I mean, and I, and I agree with you. I just I think that it's 
it's these steps that make it so that mm -hmm. we can get to the next one because I feel like it's better than where we were even a year ago. Like, yeah, would a year ago this character even be in there? Would this even be a subplot? You know what I'm saying? I don't, I don't know if it would have been, especially in the gaming world. And kudos for Naughty Dog for putting all this stuff in a game that's going to be hugely popular. And it's, if you just know the gaming community, like, they're not the most tolerant people, a lot of them. And... Well, they were, they were like upset and throwing a fit. Yeah. Neil Druckmann has that story about when you play at the end of Uncharted 4 and you're the daughter. Like these testers yeah. were throwing a fit because they're like, <laughs> not you too, Naughty Dog. You're making me play as a woman. Like Nathan Drake yeah, should have had like, a son. It's like, oh my God. Yeah, because you upset have about? to play a woman like, in so many games. <laughs> it's so silly. Yeah. And I, like these, these gamer gators pretend like, Women just being women is like this huge ask of us. I I'm going to tell you right <laughs> you now, I think my favorite thing about watching this game was the fact that there was women in there with muscles. There's so many of these w movies where these women are like, are supposed to be these like badass characters and they have these young actresses playing them that don't even have like definition in their arms and yeah. it's like so frustrating and right now it's like the first time in hollywood where you're seeing muscles and it's like these 40 year old women playing <laughs> yeah playing, you know and, it, and it's yeah charlize all the way man and like um every time i watch you guys play these video games mm -hmm. it's like always these like seductive outfits and these big, big breasts old titties and these big ass booties but there's like not a muscle <laughs> on them and they're doing all these things that i'm like dude i work out five to six days a week and i can't do that so tell me how you're doing that yeah. when you don't have yeah. any muscle definition in any way so it was really really nice to see like different types of strong but still be strong because like ellie's not super she's more like, wiry she's like more wiry but there's still muscle definition you can tell that she's like farm strong you know what i mean mm -hmm. and then there's abby who you could tell like lifts and she's like and she's got these arms and they keep ref mm -hmm. like reacting and to her like and it's not like, like, like a joke it's not like no, oh she's like, right, so manish right. like, no she's like she's she's still she's perceived like as feminine in her group yeah but she's still perceived as feminine she's still like beautiful. looked at in, in a in a beautiful way and like it was really refreshing yeah. to see that in a video game. Yeah. And I think that I wish that it, you know, it was it, more out there than it yeah. is, but it's nice to see that development Actually, starting to uh, occur. I was trying to look more stuff up about Abby and what was the writing process for her. And I had a really hard time finding anything because it was so secretive. Because it was so secretive and most, even the interviews after the game is released with the director and the writer, it, so much of the interviews just focuses on Ellie and Joel and there really isn't much I could find about what was what was their process for like fleshing out Abby but in the process of me looking up stuff about her it came across of course these stupid ass reddit threads and it was just these gamers going oh like women can't even be that muscular and it's so stupid like without steroids and I'm like that is not that's not true at all. There's you can definitely... look up the body model of this on Instagram. She exists. So. Yeah. And, and there's plenty of strong women. And um, there, if you there look, are they're... women that are born with bigger frames and they can absolutely look like this without the use of steroids. Now, is there enough food in this apocalyptic world to keep fueling those muscles? I don't know. But it's just such a dumb complaint. Yeah. You're like, well, women can't look like that. And it's like, what? talking about there are lots of women that look like that and i also yeah. love how in the game when she when you're in the flashback and you tell owen in the aquarium like 
oh, I can lift this much now. Mm-hmm. It, there's no like toxic masculinity. Yeah. Owen doesn't feel threatened. Owen's like, okay, yeah. can we make out and do it now? Because you're so hot to me. Yeah. Like, I, I love that. <laughs> In so many other games, if there is a strong female, then it always has to be this thing of where that character has to prove themselves against the men. And it's just the women in this game are just Hmm. allowed to be just normal people. And it's okay that they are who they are. And there doesn't have to be this point made about, I'm a strong woman. I can do it too. Mm -hmm. It's Mm -hmm. like, I grew up with six brothers. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. There's just no questioning that like, yeah, it's cool. Like you can do it, whatever. This is who this character is. And we don't have to have a whole discussion about it in Mm -hmm. 2020 that you Mm -hmm. can do it. It's just, Again, especially in the beginning of this game, that these characters are so fleshed out and brought to life and they're able just to be normal human beings that obviously falls apart later in the game. But in the beginning of the game, you really feel that. I wanted to say one more thing about that dinosaur museum. Yeah. Where it, it really has... Oh, that was I so didn't know good. that was the scene where they put all the charm and humor and we were never going to get it again <laughs> when I was playing it. But I've never seen a tutorial done that way. Mm-hmm. That was amazing. That was like a swimming tutorial. Yeah. And also Ellie foolishly jumping into that puddle mm-hmm. is, of course, a mirror to Abby jumping from the Ferris wheel. Right. You know, it's like these two things connecting. And I was like, that's, that's really smart. Mm-hmm. And also when Ellie throws... Joel in the water mm-hmm. he's like aren't you angry and upset and he's like yes I'm very angry and upset like I, it was just so cute like that relationship they're like and it's her birthday and all the father oh, daughter that, stuff that and the, scene in that little space shuttle where yeah. he gives her the tape and everything kind of goes black it's so well done I also loved her being on the phone and being like oh, all the dinosaurs are busy right now hold on there's one right here and then yeah, Joel comes like, around what? the corner what happened to what that? happened these are the giraffe moments I'm talking about yeah, there was two I need more <laughs> so they're getting ready to release PlayStation 5 and just as we're phasing out PlayStation 4 I'm just glad that Naughty Dog finally found a good way to use that stupid touch control <laughs> section of the PlayStation 4 controller <laughs> Which works beautiful with playing the guitar. So the game forces you to play the guitar a couple of times, but then you can pick up the guitar again and no, play I didn't more do that. songs. Did I you did do any keep, of that? I did keep clicking on the guitar to put it back in its case, and Ellie refused to do that. I'm like, <laughs> okay, so you find this perfect guitar in this case, and you're like, fuck it. Like, I'm just going to leave it out to the elements. Yeah. It's kind of cool that you can, like, play these other songs if you pick it up again, but... I just I was trying to get through the game so I can do this yeah. podcast with yeah. you. And, and I think also that scene with uh, Ellie playing the guitar in the store, and then I think it's Dina sits on the floor and she's just watching Ellie. Yeah. And and that moment to me was like, oh, I can feel the the gamer gators rage at like they're not just exposing me to like lesbian relationships, but they're normalizing it and they're making me a part of it. And like Dina's looking at Ellie in this super loving well, like way. I can just see them like foaming at the mouth. Like, I, like. I definitely <laughs> think they did the, the scenes between Ellie and Abby. I mean, Ellie and Dina yeah. really well, like mm. really, really well. Just the undressing scenes where like, she's yeah. got the, the, you know, the injuries. Oh, Dina. Yeah, she's got the injuries and just like the whole interaction with that was like done so well and it was done beautifully and it was normalized and it wasn't sexualized and mm-hmm. it was just, mm-hmm. it was, it was, that was brilliant. Which the scene where the, they have the dance in the barn, there's that shop owner who then 
yells hateful things at this lesbian couple, and I just thought, for once, I would like to see a non-old white guy yell hateful things. <laughs> Not funny? I don't know. That's their MO. It's, well, always, old, it's always old white guys. Right? Well, you know, I, I kind of wish it was event. an old white woman for once because that's what we're dealing with oh, now. Oh, yeah, like a Karen. Like a Karen. Yeah. <laughs> Can we have, like... There's no way only old white people feel hateful things. As we see from all these gamer gators <laughs> <laughs> playing their video games. That was just my um, funny take on but it. What I, I also really loved about them dancing while Dina's doing the dishes, Dina's mm -hmm. just wearing these like high-waisted jeans mm -hmm. and she looks like, you know, a smoke show. Babe. Like It's not like a game where like the zombie's attacking you and your clothes are getting shredded apart and your right. boobs are falling out. <laughs> yeah, you know? well, that's what I was talking about. Just like... Yeah. You can be beautiful, but not have yeah. to be wearing, like, have yeah. triple Ds. There's different body shapes in it, and, and they're all perceived as beautiful. It's just, it's nice. It's very, it's very refreshing. Yeah. And kind of to go to the technical aspect of that, there's a picture online that shows the actress that plays Dina and then what she looks like in the game. And it just looks the exact same. Like, just. No, they used a different face model. Are you sure? Yeah. Okay. Or maybe that's what I'm thinking the face yeah, model. The face model. It mm -hmm. just looks like it's just amazing. I know the, the one for Abby is like, oh my God, it's the same yeah. person. Like, what we are able to accomplish is. There's just, there's great. some great pictures online. Like, cause there's, everything is just motion captured for this game, which is part, you know, they have the budget to do that. And it's part of why the game looks so amazing. Like there's, there's a picture of all these dogs in these really tight motion capture suits. They put the dogs Oh, it looks that? hilarious. Uh, but that's why the dog animation is so amazing. I did not know that. There's also, there's also where you, I guess it's called the Rat King, which I didn't know. The, the really big monster in mm -hmm. the basement of the hospital, mm -hmm. I guess it's called the Rat King. You need to look up how they did the motion capture for that. They literally tied three actors together. Whoa. And one of the actors is like upside down hanging over the shoulder of the other two actors That's because really cool. it's just this like contorted monster. It just looked insane how they did that. <laughs> yeah, about the monsters actually because they call the new mutations shamblers mm -hmm. and they talk about zombies migrating. Yeah. There's a book called Dread Nation, which is amazing, which is about the Civil War, but it's zombies. Huh. And they call the zombie shamblers in that, and there's a whole plot about zombie migration. So I was like, did they just hmm, steal that from Maybe. like the book? <laughs> like, I don't know. <laughs> I hate those little creepers. Were they in the first game? They were in the extended, in oh Ellie's story. Yeah. This In this game, legit, like... I could only play it so much at a time. It was just giving me anxiety. <laughs> it's like all the little creepy noises and like, ah, I hate the little creepers coming after me. That's where I would scream. <laughs> I, I just really love the tutorials through game experience, Yeah, which is something Uncharted did as well, where you'll walk up on an encounter and then Dina will say like, we don't have to do this. We can skip this. Or like, mm -hmm. you don't know where to go. And somebody will be like, uh, what's up that way mm -hmm. and instead of like text popping up or having like the golden trail from fable or like it's so like in the game and mm -hmm. makes you feel a little less stupid if you're stuck because it's almost like your characters are yeah. part of the i just love that i think it's really smart so is it a worse game because we know like what naughty dog is capable of like if we didn't have that precedent would it just be more like oh like this game was almost like really cool but the story kind of falls apart no I, I i like it more because i know it's naughty dog and because i know there's so much that went into it and yeah 
like I could not play this game again. Like we were selling it, and I'm very, very uh, like sad about that mm-hmm. because the gameplay is so beautiful, and I would want to play this over and over and find right. all the cards and like find all the things. But to me, it's more of a letdown because like I know what Naughty Dog is capable of, and the last few games they've released are just absolutely amazing, right? And you have if, that expectation going. If in. it wasn't Naughty Dog, I would just be like, oh, this is just another stupid like yeah. whatever, and be you know. I would have just dismissed it, and here I wanted to really hang on, and I really tried, but it's just, I just couldn't. Well, and there's nothing confirmed. I mean, there's rumors they'll make a third one. I honestly hope they kind of just move on from this and not just keep cranking out sequels to Uncharted and Last of Us and maybe just try something new and let's explore, you know, something else. And it's also like... You know, the first Last of Us came out when everybody was obsessed with zombie storytelling. Mm-hmm. And it's like, now that you're playing the second game in 2020, you're like, oh, yeah, that's right. We're still on the zombie thing in this game. But like, I think it only feels like that because this game makes it more about the zombies and the yeah. world. And the first game, that was just the backdrop. Yeah, we can't, It was more about, like, you know, Ellie and Joel and right. Tommy and Marlene. And- right. I'm just saying a third game... You probably have it in 2025. Like, I don't really want to play a zombie game in 2025. Mm. You know, I just mm. I think I'm ready for something new from. You don't want to pick up any more pills, and I uh... think I'm ready for something new. <laughs> <laughs> They're just so amazing over there that I would just kind of like to see them explore something else at this point. But I don't know. I mean, would you like to see a third game? How would you feel about that? Playing as like Lev, I don't and know, Catalina, or I don't any, know. Yeah, I mean that or. The little kid growing up. I don't know. Oh, Je- oh Jesse Joel? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right, but I mean, would you like to see a third game maybe in the same universe with just different characters? Like, do you want to stay in this world? Or are you... Not like- if it's this sad. <laughs> right. <laughs> Let's do something new. Or just something where you have to just build up Jackson more and I don't The know. Sims Last of Us. Sims Last of Us. You have to defend like Stronghold Last of Us. Stardew Valley Jackson. Last of Us. Stronghold. <laughs> like I'm totally ready for a new Uncharted game. I am not. And even if this game was as good as the first one, I, I still don't know if I would like a third one. Like if this is such... I, there's only so much emotional stuff you can do with these characters. I think you just have to kind of move on at a certain point, no? Like, I'm I'm ready to play Nathan Drake's daughter in Uncharted mm-hmm. 5. Like, let's do this, man. <laughs> well, yeah, and Uncharted did that trick of empathy through playing a character where you're playing as Sam through the whole prison escape. Mm-hmm. So you never think about doubting that that was, like, a made-up story because you're like, I played it. Like, I was right. there, and this game took that and tried to run with it and it it just Mm -hmm. didn't always work it's too bad (laughs) i mean yeah there's there's so much i like about the game and then there's so much i just don't like it's very hot and cold very hot and cold but yeah anything else you want to add that's it justice for dina justice for dina (laughs) and the baby and the baby man poor (laughs) dina had that nice two-story farm that she always dreamed yeah, of and had to go on, move back to Jacksonville because I, I honestly was hoping Dina would just find somebody else and then Ellie comes back and Dina's like no get the hell out of here yeah. like yeah. This is, you made your decision to leave I was kind of <laughs> sad that the house was just totally empty was um, that was that like a good ending for you I, to me it was just more sadness 
Like, oh, her fingers are cut off. Yeah. She's leaving like, oh, the great. guitar behind. Like, it's like everyone's dead. Her relationship is shot, and now you can't even play the guitar anymore. It's, it's like just awesome. Like, everything, come on. everything sucks. <laughs> it's a very depressing ending. Like, at least take the guitar with you, for God's sake. I don't know. Almost would have been better if Ellie doesn't come back at all and just moves on with her life. The fact that she comes back to the farmhouse is she expecting Dina <laughs> to be there? Like, no. I just don't know what that whole thing was. Like, what was the point of it? So that you could see that Dina already told her she was never going to get, she wasn't going to take her back. No. If you leave, we're done. And then she still came back to the farm. Like, why was that whole scene necessary? Honey, I'm home. <laughs> Honey. <laughs> it was another way to introduce the last scene with her and Joel. You could have just done that flashback after the final fight, I think. I don't know. Yeah. It's me. Okay, <laughs> we're done here. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks for listening, guys. Again, find us on Instagram and Twitter. Handle is at Modern Life Pod, and we would love to hear from you. Email is modernlifepod at gmail.com. This has been the Modern Life Podcast, and we'll catch you on the next episode. Bye. 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 How's that feel? Uh, refreshing. Yeah, it's not nice getting pushed in, is it? Well, actually, we need to swim through this part anyway. I got you back. You're angry and upset. I am very angry and upset. Now, come on.